It was nearly 11.30 at night, and still so hot that all I could think about was getting home. My old Volvo estate was stuck near Highbury Corner in traffic that shouldn't have been there at that hour, and I could feel sweat trickling down my spine and sticking my new dress to my back. No amount of dry cleaning was going to leave the fine-flowered silk the way it had been when we'd set out four hours earlier to celebrate Barnabas's birthday. My father, his 74th. The pubs were closing, their customers spilling out across the pavements on the Holloway Road. They must have been sweating and drinking iced beer all evening to a man, or woman. A figure wavered on the curb, and my headlights shone for a moment on a blind, sweating face. I executed an instinctive swerve to avoid catastrophe. Beyond the pedestrian crossing at the station, I rolled my window down, hoping the movement of the car would bring in a stir of air. But the heat had hammered down a lid of ozone and exhaust fumes over the city. When it stung my nose, I cranked the handle again. A red light stopped me in front of the public library, and I caught myself on the point of opening the window again. All very well for me, thirty-three years old and tough enough. But I wasn't alone. In the baby seat beside me, Ben sprawled half-naked, drugged by the heat, Before the traffic had moved on, I'd made up my mind absolutely positively for the twentieth time in a month that I was going to replace my beloved twenty-year-old car. I wanted dust filters, air conditioning, all the gadgets that London's most astonishing infant could possibly need in this long summer. (sighs) He should have been at home, of course. I'd considered leaving him with his sitter, except that Barnabas would have been so understanding about his absence that it would have spoiled dinner for all of us. If anything, Barnabas is even more daft about Benjamin David Hoare than I am, which is saying quite a lot. The sky ahead had taken on a muddy darkness in which light flickered briefly. There'd been no rain in weeks, but as I was signalling a turn off the main road, a few oily drops hit the windscreen, oozing through its film of dust. By George Street, they had already hesitated and stopped. When I bought the new car, I'd drive north, for sure, possibly to Lapland. Heat sodden, I squeezed into a space at the curb and dragged myself onto the pavement. The ground floor of my early 19th century terraced house is the converted shop where I earn a living for Ben and myself. The gilt letters of the sign gleamed dully in light from the street lamp opposite. Dido Hall, Antiquarian Books and Prints, Two doorways flanked the display window. The one on the left was my immediate destination. Ninety seconds to get up to the flat, a minute to settle Ben in his cot under the open window in my bedroom, say two minutes if he woke up. In about four and a half minutes, I intended to be naked and supine with a glass, no, a bottle of ice-cold mineral water in my hand. Ben's sleeping face was tranquil in the light from the street lamp. I unstrapped the seat, slid it out of the car, and sweated across the road. How could he possibly have gained so much weight in one evening? The streetlight was throwing a deep shadow into the doorway, so I was only a few feet away when I saw the shape there. For one second, I assumed that somebody had dumped a sack of rubbish on my doorstep. Then I saw a foot. I had been presented with a body, probably a drunk, maybe lying in wait. My heart lurched, maybe dead. I backed off. The obvious thing to do was retreat into the shop and phone the police from the back room. Getting myself to bed departed into the middle distance. Damn it! My key was actually in the lock before my pathetic conscience took over. 
So some poor homeless kid has dared to creep into your sacred doorway for a night's shelter, and you're so ladylike that you're going to have him arrested? London streets are full of the homeless nowadays. A lot of them are only children. If you really look at them, you can't bear it. I dithered. The sweat trickling down my chin persuaded me that I only wanted to get the baby up the stairs to where there were damp towels, cool drinks, and bed. As far as I could see, the heap wasn't stirring. I crept back to the foot, braced for the stink of alcohol, and then, surprised by its absence, edged past the legs and reached gingerly to the door. The light switch was just inside it. And I knew him, even though he was lying with his head under his bent arm and his face turned away from me. With a sinking feeling, I reached down and touched his shoulder. For one heart-stopping moment, there was no response. Then it seemed that he sagged, and I heard the rasp of a difficult breath. Damn it all. I deposited the sleeping baby just inside the street door. Mr. Ash? Nothing. I touched his cheek and felt its warmth under my palm, and tried to think what to do.